Good morning, everybody. The Lord be with you. Thank you. In our worship this morning, we're going to be talking about how God is our king. He reigns and he is unshaken. So I invite you to rise now in body or in spirit. And let's join in our call to worship this morning, which is taken from Hebrews 12 and Ephesians 1. People of God, in whom do you trust? We come trusting in the name of the Lord our God. Where have you come? We've come to the mount, at the mountain of God. Not a literal mountain, burning with fire and consumed in storm. Not to a trumpet blast or a voice like thunder. Not to a mountain where we tremble in fear. No, we've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God to thousands of angels in joyful assembly. We've come to the church of the firstborn and to God, the judge of all. We come to Jesus who mediates a new covenant and we come sprinkled clean by the blood of the lamb. Praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing for he chose us before he, uh, he chose us in Him before the creation of the world, that we might be holy and blameless before God. Let's sing of how our God reigns.
Yes, King Jesus, you reign. Have a seat. Friends, good morning. Good morning. It's good to see all of you. For those of you whom I haven't met, my name is Matthew, and I'm the senior pastor of Pleasant Street Christian Reformed Church, and it is so good to be church, even though we're not in church today. Amen? Amen. I'm really glad it's not raining. It's a beautiful day. When, when we gather like this outside, it is wonderful to hear our voices echoing, you know, and we're talking a lot about serve this week at serve. We were looking at the Psalms, and there's a Psalm, Psalm 19, that says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth proclaims his handiwork. Maybe you've heard those lines before. But the point of that is that the world around us is, is singing to God. So it's not just us today. The thing is that no matter how hard we listen, I think for most of us, we can't really hear it. So the Psalms tell us that the key to life comes when you know how to get on your knees and, and praise God. And in fact, when you do so, you are joining all creation in a song that they've been singing. So if for you this morning, you're finding that that is a tune that's hard to hear, that's okay, because you're in good company. That's all of us. Which is why when we come to worship, it's not enough just to sing praises. We also take a moment to acknowledge that our lives are out of tune. We confess our sins. We do this because we know that God has told us what he's done about it. He's given us Jesus, who gives us all the reason in the world to praise God, to sing to his name. And so friends, would you, would you invite me in this process of retuning so that our ears and our hearts might be aligned with the world around us. Let's pray together. Righteous God, you have crowned Jesus Christ as Lord of all. We confess that we have not bowed before him and are slow to acknowledge his rule. We give allegiance to the powers of this world and fail to be governed by justice and love. In your mercy, Forgive us. Cause us to acclaim him as ruler of all that we may be loyal ambassadors obeying the commands of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Friends, let's take a moment to make those words our own. Lord God, who hears us no matter where we pray from or how loudly we say these prayers, we ask that you would hear these prayers that we voice to you, both the ones that we say out loud and those we say silently in our hearts to you now. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, it turns out you don't have to go into a church building to find good news because it's here all around us as well. God meets us with good news this morning, right here in the middle of the grass. Isn't that wonderful? comes from Romans and Colossians. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Together, let's say it. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. We're going to sing a song of response. However, this is where you need that smaller piece of paper. I changed the song last night. So it's different than what's in your bullets. And we're going to sing Death Was Arrested. So I invite you to rise in body or in spirit and join in singing that song. And I especially want to hear the serve participants on this one. <laughs> sorrow and dead in my sin, lost without hope, no place to begin. Your love made a way to let mercy come in, when death was arrested and my life
God's grace washes over us. So friends, in that assurance, the peace of Christ be with you. Let's share that peace with each other now. Good morning, everyone. My name is Thalia, and I'm an elder here at Pleasant Street. And I just want to say what a beautiful day and what a great venue to be worshiping today. And a big thank you to everyone who made this all happen, because I know it's a lot of work. Um, before we go into prayer, I do have one announcement that I've been asked to pass on, and it is a sad announcement. Uh, we've been praying for Melissa for quite some time, and last night the Lord took her. Uh, unexpectedly, earlier than planned, but we know uh, we rest in the assurance of where she is. and. Uh, that he has called her home. So let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Creator God, what a glorious day. We come before you today with wonder and awe and praise. The heavens declare your glory. The beauty surrounding us brings joy and happiness to our hearts and to our lips and words and songs of praise to you. This is your word, world. You are the ruler over it. You are king and the heavens ring. You reign over it and the earth is glad. We thank you for this amazing week of serve at home. We thank you for relationships that were built this week, for relationships that were deepened with each other and were deepened with you, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that we had to be ambassadors for you. And we thank you for ways to serve in your kingdom in our community of Northbridge and we pray that you saw it as good. Continue to create, create in all of us a servant heart. Help us to seek to serve you and each other more than serving ourselves. We praise you for being our unshakable king. Thank you for giving us a kingdom that does not shake. Help us to claim your promises, your promise of being our refuge and help your promise to be present with us when we face trouble, your promise that you are with us and will never leave us, your promise that you will hear us when we pray, your promise that you will give us peace, and your promise that you have claimed us for yourself and that you love us with a love that is overwhelming and never ending. Lord, we claim these promises as we bring before you the needs of our church family today. We continue to lift up those who struggle with illness, for those receiving treatment and those who are healing and on the mend. We lift up Carol H., Henny, Bev and Hank, Carol L., Chris, Mark and Lillian, and Chuck. We pray for the doctors and nurses who seek to treat these people and we pray for their caregivers as they walk this road with their loved ones. We pray for many who struggle with chronic conditions. We pray for those who suffer with anxiety and depression and addiction. Lord, there are needs among us that we don't even know about, but you know them. We pray for healing and we thank you for healing and that you are an unshakable God. 
And Lord, we lift up those who have lost loved ones. We think of the Nidum family as they celebrated Jim's life yesterday. It was a time of celebration, and yet we mourn his loss. We pray for Melissa's family, for Paulette and uh, her, her children, and um, that they will feel your presence, your comfort, your peace in a way that's very real. Be near to them, Lord. Lord, after our service this morning, we look forward to a time of fellowship together and sharing a meal together. Thank you for the many hands that have worked to prepare this for us. As we turn to your word and message this morning, we pray for a blessing on Pastor Matthew. May you speak to us through his words. May you open our hearts and our minds to what you want us to hear. May we know you better through his message. We thank you for being our God. You are our God who was, who is, and who is to come. We thank you for reigning in your kingdom today, and we look forward with great anticipation and joy to the kingdom that is to come. All this we pray through the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Hebrews 12. 18 to 19 and 22 to 29. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, you have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on the earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Once more I will not shake, shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful, and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of the Lord. To be honest, I can't tell if we are closer to each other or further away than usual. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have come. Some of us have come for the first time. Some of us are, are here every week, even if, if they try to throw us off and change the venue. Some of us have come eager for food. Others have us come burdened by things that haunt us. And somehow, 
with these words of Hebrews ringing in the trees around us, we hope that we have come to you. And so we ask God, however we have come and whatever brought us here, that you would come to us. That we might know we don't have to go far at all to find you. In your name, amen. When you live somewhere that gets earthquakes, you think about your world differently. I have recently moved from a place that gets earthquakes. Of course, none of us here this morning live where we get earthquakes. But I wonder if you would with me for a minute, imagine what it might be like. How the things in our homes might look different if we knew that at any moment, without very little warning, the very ground beneath us could begin to shake. Because in an earthquake, there is nothing that doesn't shake. So all of a sudden, perhaps that seven-foot bookshelf in the living room doesn't look so solid anymore. Maybe we, we ought to think about anchoring that to the wall, because in an earthquake, solid things, even very heavy solid things, can topple. Maybe we should re-examine where we're going to place the Delft or the China. Maybe the top shelf of the cupboard is, is not such a good place after all. Maybe we should think about putting it on the bottom shelf instead. Right? Because in an earthquake, things shake and fragile things might break. And that dead tree outside in the backyard that we've been putting off doing something about for a couple of years now, well, maybe that ought, maybe that ought to come down. Right? Because one good shake is all it would take to bring it down right on top of the house. In an earthquake, dead things shake down. In an earthquake, there's nothing that doesn't shake. Heavy things can topple, fragile things can break, dead things can be shaken free of the roots in the ground. Earthquakes can be some of the most frightening events that anyone might experience because, well, we don't like it when things shake. You might not know this, but some of us here this morning have been listening to this passage in Hebrews since Wednesday. This passage in Hebrews 12 was the, was the theme text for our serve worship. And all week during serve evening worship, we had a chance to hear testimonies, as Becky was telling us, from people in our congregation who have somehow felt life shake. We heard stories of, of how a, a sudden or unexpected loss of a loved one threatened to topple us over. We heard about how losing health can make us all feel fragile and breakable. Right? We talked about how in this world sometimes it seems like everything shakes. And perhaps, well maybe we live in earthquake territory after all. And in those stories, we also heard how God showed himself to be sometimes the only stable point in the whole universe. We heard about how in a world that can turn from solid to sinking, God is an anchor, which is interesting, because usually the anchor goes through to solid, 
Right, but he's the anchor that holds us when we are sinking. God is unshakable. It's on the shirt. And it's this assurance that, that God is our anchor that the preacher in Hebrews 12 has been building toward in his sermon. Yes, I did say preacher and sermon, and I'm not talking about myself in the third person, actually. We think of Hebrews as a book or a letter that we sit down and we read it quietly and individually. Scholars think that Hebrews functions a lot more like a, like a written sermon meant to be read out loud to a big group of people. Which makes sense if you think about this passage today, right? Because at the moment, we have actually slipped into church late and we have caught the tail end of, of this sermon in Hebrews chapter 12. And what we have walked into is, is a moment where the preacher is coming down the home stretch, setting up for the climax of his sermon by using one of the oldest preacher techniques in the book, the compare and contrast. Right, so the, the preacher holds up two road signs for the congregation here in Hebrews 12, right? One says, this way to Mount Sinai. And the other says, that way to Mount Zion. Sinai has earthquakes. Zion has the unshakable king. The, the preacher wants the congregation to go to Zion. <laughs> so, so he reminds them what Sinai was like. Sinai was a mountain in the Old Testament where God's people met the living God. Sinai was an important place because that's where Israel heard from God, where they got the law, where they were told how to live in the world, but it was also a terrifying place. It billowed with smoke and storm and fire, and there the voice of God shook the mountain. Everything shook. Why even Moses shook with fear, the preacher says. But you, my friends, have not come to a mountain that fills you with terror for its unapproachable holiness. No, the preacher reminds us that we are not at Sinai anymore. We have come to Zion, and Zion is not bathed in white, hot light. Zion is the mountain of God that is bright with the stained glass glory of God. Sinai was a place where you, you knew that no matter what sacrifice you brought, it would never be enough, and you'd have to do it again. But you have approached the place where all those who trust in God have already been made perfect. Huh. Sinai was a place where people cried out in fear, but you have come to angels singing praises in joy and delight. You have come to the judge, and you have come as those who have been acquitted by God himself. Blessed assurance, right? Which seems to be what the preacher is aiming for, to assure the congregation that, that when we come to church, whether it's outside or inside, we are coming into the presence of the God who has set us finally in solid footing, which the preacher knows, as all preachers do, that we need. We all need that, because sometimes the world shakes and we do not like it when things shake. God is unshakable. And all God's people are ready to say, oh wait, hold on, just a second, sermon's not over. Did you notice that in verse 25 there? Having sent us to Zion, the preacher goes back for one last 
twist. Zion, it turns out, is also a place of fire and stern warnings and the earth shaking. God, who is a consuming fire, the preacher ramps up, will shake the earth once again, and not just the earth, but the heavens too. What? The big reveal in the sermon is that actually Sinai and Zion are the same mountain. And more importantly, God, the God on Sinai and the God on Zion is the same God. It's not like there was this angry, jealous God with an angry voice on Sinai, and now we have this dotty old man with a beard on Zion who tells us the things we want to hear in a gentle voice. It's not the case that on Sinai, holiness used to matter, and now on Zion, anything goes. God is indeed a consuming fire. That's how the sermon ends. And God promises to shake the earth and the heavens once more. How can that possibly be good news? Well, it really depends on who you came to church with. You see, what the world of the Bible and all ancient cultures understood, which sometimes we forget, is that no one can approach God on their own. We need someone who can take us there. I mean, the definition of God is that God is not us, and therefore there is this gap, and so the gap needs to be bridged. We need someone who can speak on our behalf. We need someone who can stand between God and us. Moses is the one, the preacher reminds us, who led the people to Sinai. Moses showed them the way up the mountain. But as great as Moses was, even Moses shook. Now what, what makes Zion different is not that we've come to a better mountain, but that we've come with a better mediator. We come to the mountain led to church by Jesus, who, as Hebrews told us earlier, is the author and perfecter of our faith, and the Bible kids all know that one, right? In other words, Jesus is the trailblazer who carved out for us a new way up the mountain of God. Jesus carved out a new way to approach God, a way of both boldness and security, a living way, Hebrews tells us, through his own body because he offered a better sacrifice. He is the priest and the sacrifice. And by giving his own life for us, what he did only had to be done one time. And that sacrifice is so good, its store of credit is so immense that now it can cover anybody's sins, even ours. And when we come with Jesus to this holy consuming fire that is God's presence, we are not afraid. Because through Jesus we see that God, though consuming fire, does not burn up this world in a rage. Instead, he promises to refine it in his own holy and jealous love. God promises to draw all of the things that he has made to himself and say, mine. God is a consuming fire, but what God burns up is chaff. What God consumes is dross. And so through Christ, we have come 
into the presence of this wild and holy God, not to be burned until there is nothing left, but to have all that is dead and impure burned away from us, to have our lies and our lust and our greed burned away like chaff, to have our cynicism and our despair fired away like dross. In Christ, we approach this holy God to have everything that hides and defaces the beauty of this creation burned away. Friends, we have come to Zion, and Jesus has brought us here to be refined. We have come to Zion, and we are anchored in Christ. And so we hear this promise that God will once again shake the earth and the heavens, and we know that God does not shake to destroy, but to preserve. God intends to take this creation and to turn it upside down and shake it so that everything that does not belong can fall out of it. God intends to take all human power structures and to shake them down until all of our self-aggrandizing topples like blocks. Friends, we do not like it when things shake, but some things have to be shaken down so that the kingdom of God's justice and peace can be revealed. God will take all of our idols, the, the precious things that we have stashed on the mantles of our hearts and shake them until they fall to the ground. We do not like it when things shake, but some things have to be shaken so that we can see them for the fragile things that they are. And God will take all that is withered and dead in our world and shake it until it falls over. We don't like it when things shake, but some things have to be shaken free so that new life can grow in its place. We do not like it when things shake, but some things need to be shaken to be preserved. Like the kombucha in your refrigerator, or the almond butter in my pantry, the paint that we buy from the hardware store, some things have to be shaken to be preserved. Some things have to be stirred up because they tend to separate and settle. Sometimes we forget that the world is not yet the kingdom of God. Sometimes we think it is mostly fine here. Sometimes we find ourselves craving stability so much that we do not realize we have settled for comfort of our own making and it is a small kingdom indeed. And we do not notice that our thankfulness and our joy and our awe and our reverence has sunk out of us like the exhaling of a couch cushion beneath us. But as the preacher of Hebrews folds up his notes, he leaves us with stirring words of good news. Indeed, our God is a consuming fire. But we have come today with Jesus, and so we are not afraid. And we approach with boldness, for Jesus has pulled back the curtain and shown us that God the Judge is also our Father, and Christ is our brother. And here, before this God, when we approach, we will find mercy and grace to help us. We will find mercy and grace to cleanse us. We will find mercy and grace to make us holy, to stir us awake, to hold us secure when God shakes the world. We will find mercy and grace because God knows that we need it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we have come, and this is a strange passage, certainly probably not what we expected.
And yet we have come with you, O Christ. Whether we can see that or whether we are hearing it for the first time, we ask, O God, that you would make your presence known. That you would show us holding, that you would show us you holding us indefinitely and unshakingly that we might learn what it is to hold on to you in return. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, would you rise? <laughs> Sun's coming. Almost there. Normally in our worship services, a part of our life together is hearing from God and also responding. We respond together with the things that we say, but also with an act of trust by offering up some of the things that God has given us for an offering to support the work of our congregation. And so uh, today we're not going to pass baskets, but there is a box on the picnic table over yonder, and um, if you would like to place an offering in there, that is part of our worship. You can do that once we finish. Fortunately, it's on the way to the food, so you have that in your favor. Friends, having come into the presence of God together, God has met us here and he sends you out blessed, but please don't go too far because we have lots to do together still. Please stay if you can. Would you receive God's parting blessing? Go forth in joy to love and serve God in all that you do. We are sent in the name of King Jesus. Let us bless our Lord together. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. And now, friends, may the God of peace, who raised to life the great shepherd of the sheep, make us ready to do his will in every good thing, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Alleluia. And amen. Friends, let's sing. <laughs> We're gonna see the cake. Let's sing that together.